Welcome to the Innovation in Government show sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to the discussion. My guest today is David Ray, the Chief Technologist at MicroFocus Government Solutions. David, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Before we get started, let me set some context for our discussion. When Congress passed the Modernizing Government Technology, or MGT, Act in December as part of the Defense Authorization Bill, many in the federal IT community focused on the Centralized Technology Fund. But the other significant part of the law gives agencies the ability to establish working capital funds. Under this section of the law, each agency can set up a working capital fund where they can reprogram or transfer funding for up to three years to modernize or retire legacy systems. Now, the idea of working capital funds is not new. The Office of Management and Budget said in 2017 that 17 agencies currently have working capital funds. For instance, the Commerce Department has a working capital fund as its headquarters, the Census Bureau, and the National Institutes of Standards and Technology. Additionally, EPA, GSA, Departments of Justice, Treasury, State, Labor, Treasury, and Interior all have working capital funds. But that's not going to stop agencies from go ahead and developing new ones to deal with the MGT Act. And in fact, they had until March 26 to tell OMB whether or not they were going to establish a new or existing working capital fund under the MGT Act. OMB laid out further requirements for working capital funds in its February guidance. OMB says it will oversee the fund and the IT investments that support, and agencies must report quarterly to OMB all IT investments that are being funded out of this working capital fund. So how should agencies go about making the best use of these working capital funds? What are some of the best approaches to find projects and savings to pay for these new modernization efforts? Well, that's where our guest comes in once again. My guest is David Ray, the Chief Technologist at Microfocus Government Solutions. So David, let me start, instead of starting with MGT, let me just give you maybe 30 seconds. Microfocus Government Solutions, we all think that's probably some small company no one's ever heard of, but give us the 30-second primer. Well, we're actually a $4.5 billion uh, IT management company, and we focus only on IT management. And we're the spinoff from or merger of the Heritage Hewlett Packard Software Group with the Microfocus Group as well. So pretty large uh, entity in the in the IT space, and and we intend to shape the market. Excellent. Well, I appreciate that. Just because I think you know sometimes we have guests on the show, and we we have uh, I'll call them more household names. So it's. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we want to make sure people know who we're talking to. So the MGT Act, the Working Capital Fund specifically, as I said in my introduction, there's a lot of, I think, expectation. In fact, from my perspective, covering this for the last you know couple of years around the, the buildup to it, I thought the Working Capital Funds had more potential than the centralized fund. Talk a little bit about why you think that the Working Capital Funds have so much potential too. One thing a lot of agencies may not realize is that they have to populate that fund as quickly as they can with cost savings. So it's the ability to reprogram is something that didn't exist with their normal working capital fund. So this is their opportunity, and they actually should urgently be working on this very quickly, to do this now in the next budget cycle. Because within the next couple of years, the budget cycles are going to be drastically reduced. And most of the department or level and cabinet level agencies have goals to reduce that by their, their IT spend by as much as 20%. So if you're going to drive cost savings and reprogram that money in your working capital fund, you really should get started now, uh, especially if you have investments that you want to choose. They're going to choose an ROI in six months or eight months. You won't realize that cost till sometime in uh, in next year's uh, budget year to be able to, to populate that. The second thing is, is you have to use your appropriated dollars to pay back the money you borrow. It's not paid back through directly through your, your savings. 
So that's something a lot of agencies may not realize. So you say get started now, but David, this is hard. This is just so hard. I can't get started now, right? Like how should an agency get started? How should they pick the projects? And what's the first step besides hopefully as of uh, last March, they told OMB that uh, they were going to establish a working capital fund? I mean, a lot of agencies have been asking and requesting, especially the CIOs, money for IT modernization. But most of the money has been appropriated to mission programs and to critical mission areas. So the core foundational things that IT has really needed for some time have not been funded. So this is really their opportunity to put together a business case to ask for those funds for some of the critical projects they need. And they can also use those projects, if they pick the right ones, to generate those savings quickly. I think some of these things aren't necessarily IT efforts. They could be procurement or consolidating contracts to to move your contracts to be a consumption-based contract, and then retiring and reducing contracts, which may may have fixed levels and service levels and fixed payments on. So you can consolidate uh, contracts as well as reduce application spend, consolidate applications. Some of the some of the tougher things for them to fund in the past, they can use the money for those things. I think Um, that's a great point that a lot of people think these are only IT projects, but really they are projects that maybe have an IT flavor to them, but not necessarily are moving something to the cloud or moving something from an old version of software to a new version of software. Is that something you think CIOs, based on your conversations with them, are getting their head around? I do. One of the things that uh, there's a lot of misconceptions, and this is mainly with the Congress and, and GSA and OMB. Oh, please don't they, blame Congress. Right. They work so hard. I mean, <laughs> Right. It's, it's the business that wants uh, IT to move to the cloud. If you talk to a lot of the CIOs, they want to modernize IT. They want to uh, fix some of the inefficiencies they've had for quite some time. They want to put in better governance, risk, and compliance tools, and they want v- better visibility and transparency into IT so they can actually consolidate and reduce cost, as well as uh, move to modern architectures. And, and for certain applications, they will leverage the cloud for those, but they don't want that decision to be made for them. But unfortunately, you know, a lot of the drive and push to cloud has happened you know, on the business side, including on the commercial side, as well as with, is within government. So this is, a, this is a wonderful opportunity for those CIOs to actually get funding for some of the things they've uh, needed for quite some time. However, a lot of those efforts are about operational efficiency. When you modernize an architecture, it allows you to reduce unplanned work. It allows you to be more efficient. That doesn't necessarily save cost. And so one of the tricks with, with the Working Capital Fund, with MGT, is to pick the projects that are actually going to reduce cost savings, not cost avoidance. They can have a balanced portfolio approach where they get to the cost efficiency, you know, uh, much needed IT modernization projects. But I would personally, you know, if I was a CIO, I'd be getting started with cost savings, which are things like IT asset management, software asset management, because you can tie that directly to contracts that exist today in, in your organization. Um, and when you reduce, for example, software, you're reducing the contract spend. It's very easy to identify savings. Whereas if you pick a uh, maybe a, a security type IT project that's going to save uh, time on remediation or consolidate business processes, it's going to allow you to, to respond quicker to security, but it's very hard to identify true savings with that until you can show the cost avoidance in year two or year three and recoup those savings. And it's interesting because you bring up the fact that so much of IT modernization is really focused on this idea of cybersecurity. And and in fact, what you're saying is the opposite. Cyber is important without a doubt, but you're saying focus on where the savings actually are today, not the two, three, five-year savings. I am saying that, but I'm not saying ignore it. You have to do both. 
I think what I would do is use the working capital fund, especially the money I'm going to borrow, initially for the low-risk, high-yield ROI projects. And then I would start funding with my cost savings the more complex, higher-risk, tougher projects that, to identify cost savings. Now, you'd still have some cost avoidance in year two or year three that you could recap, but you only have two years before your budget's going to be reduced by 20% or so in most of these agencies. So that's the urgency. I mean, what, what do you get started with? So personally, I would I would get started with you know some of the non-sexy things in, in IT, as, as we discussed a, a little earlier. Let me put a, a finer point on this. What's interesting about the world we live in, in, in the federal market, is that Congress or the White House can say, well, we're going to reduce your funding by X. But in the end, is that going to happen? It's not. I think there's been too, a lot of times over the years where the, the administration or Congress has cried wolf and there's been no wolf, meaning no budget cuts. So while the rationale to say we need to do it now because later on you may reduce funding, it makes sense. There's there's a bigger imperative as well than, mm-hmm. than just what's going to happen in, in 2020 or 2021. Talk maybe a little bit about why the imperative today is, is, is so important beyond the potential for, for sure. budget cuts. Sure. Well, you have to remember that most CIOs have been asking for funds for things for IT modernization that have not been funded. Year after year, the money goes to large missions and, and, and programs within the agencies. So in a lot of ways, this is their opportunity to have their own fund. Um, the savings that get generated, they can then work with OMB, of course, and the Technology Modernization Board to get approval for the, for the things that they've desperately needed to do for some time that were not funded. It's not just about you know you know security. It's really about governance, risk, and compliance. I, I think we're going to see a surge in uh, portfolio management, you know, uh, being used within agencies so they can optimize their their portfolio. Something they've wanted to do but haven't really had a means or a reason to, to uh, optimize your portfolio, especially around cost savings in, in the past. Now now they do. And the same with uh, some of the other governance risk and compliance tools. I think we'll see a surge. I want to go back to something you said about starting with potentially like software management, understanding what you have, what version it is, and how many of those licenses you have. Talk, there's a big push from Congress under the Megabyte Act. It's Chairman Hurd mm-hmm. from the Oversight and Government Reform Committee. Uh, IT subcommittee has said he may, he's, he's added the Megabyte Act to the Fatara scorecard. So talk a little bit about that impact and what you're seeing from agencies who are trying to manage their software better. Well, almost every agency, as you know, is failing on their, on their scorecard when it comes to software IT asset management. But it's something from speaking directly to CIOs, they've struggled to fund. So this is an opportunity where it's a very quick win. And other IT initiatives like storage optimization or another you know, area in which you can, you can get some quick wins to generate some of those savings. I think the IT Asset Management Institute has estimated, at least in the federal space, over a billion can be saved. And most agencies have about, a, on estimate, uh, anywhere from 20 to 30% of overutilization of software across their enterprise, especially with some of the large enterprise software that's out there today. They simply uh, can't count very well. And they don't have enterprise tools for procuring and managing some of the software for some of these large vendors like Adobe, Microsoft, and Oracle. So there's an opportunity here to, to just focus on one or two vendors and consolidate your unused software and your software across your agency to very quickly generate savings that then you can use to, to maybe go to the next level. And to me, the next level would be application rationalization, not necessarily a data center consolidation, but focusing on where you have redundant applications 
in your infrastructure that are aligned to business goals. I remember Richard Spires used to say that he used to end blog about Homeland Security when he was there about having 81 uh, HR applications, and he he was you know quoted on that several times. But here's an opportunity where you can actually rationalize some of those applications and create enterprise solutions across the agency and then reduce your costs tremendously. And if you put that together as a business case, I think you could generate 100 or $200 million pretty easily for IT modernization of your own. And, and that's where the urgency comes in. You guys are working with an agency who's maybe down this path already. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing from maybe we, some customers. We, we are. I mean, we've been working very closely with GSA to be accepted as a best-of-breed technology for IT asset management. And we've been consulting with them on trying to uh, come up with ways in which agencies can, can leverage maybe a service that GSA would offer, uh, which would include people and resources, not just technology, to help agencies stand up enterprise asset management, and GSA has called that SLIMS. And they've been working with other vendors, not not just us, but to be able to have offerings that agencies can then uh, adopt quickly and leverage some of the subject matter expertise that, that GSA has as, as a service. And I, I do think for those agencies like Homeland and, and GSA that are tasked with a cap goal, they definitely could use the working capital fund to establish and and uh, build solutions around some of those cap goals that are IT-based to help have some common services across government. You said SLIMS is just maybe getting started. How much into it are you guys? And are you seeing interest from the agencies now that MGT Act is here and in law? We see a lot of interest in agencies wanting to reduce the cost of their software spend and to rationalize uh, software asset management. But where they're struggling is with the subject matter expertise on how to get started. And, and, and GSA has been, you know, has hired a couple small businesses to to help with that effort. But we haven't seen, other than some pilots that GSA is doing, of, of standing up a service, that, that needs to be funded. So hopefully GSA will use some of the money themselves to stand up that enterprise service through the, you know, it's a great opportunity for them to use, create their own work and capital fund for these types of projects. It's interesting because we go back to the centralized fund, which maybe we'll get to in a little bit. There's a lot of discussion, you know, it's it's $100 million. Do you fund, you know, $52 million projects? Do you fund two $50 million projects or what's the in-between? Or do you fund $22 million projects in six months and then you fund three $10 million projects six months later, once you've seen these proof of concepts. I don't know if you've, you've had these conversations too internally about what you'd like to see. Well, what I'd like to see them do, and uh, I have talked to some uh, some of the some of the board members. I mean, their goal is to select innovation projects that are going to improve cyber and also help modernize IT. They'd also like to see cross-cutting pro- uh, projects that are at the department, you know, or the cabinet agency level, not just projects, you know, w- w- within the components. So one of the things that's been occurring since the guidance came out from OMB is a lot of the departmental level agencies are starting to, to push guidance down to their components and, and the agencies themselves to pull together a, a list of, of best value projects that they can start submitting business cases. And I, I know there's several business cases that are already uh, underway to request some of those funds. But I think the key is, uh, like you mentioned, they're going to want to fund things that uh, to agencies that have good governance risk and compliance that can prove that they can pay back that fund very quickly so then they can reallocate funds to, to more agencies. If they do that and play that game right, they'll be able to sustain that global working capital fund to help more and more agencies. But they certainly aren't going to fund poorly planned, high-risk IT modernization effort. At least, at least I hope so. You're going to want to make sure you have your governance risk and compliance 
plan in place. And that's where the portfolio management tools come in, or at least for the IT modernization efforts that you're going to propose. You want to make sure you have that plan before you get started, before you go in there and ask, ask for the funds. All right. Well, good advice. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to the panel discussion, Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. You're not defined by past experiences. You're defined by what you choose to do now. Hi, I'm Robert McKeeja, President and CEO of Microfocus Government Solutions, the supplier of the seventh largest pure play software company, dedicated to serving the U.S. public sector through innovative software solutions. Do you feel like your data and agency are not safe? Worried about cyber attacks? Our enterprise-grade software solutions allow us to solve mission-critical IT challenges. To learn how MicroFocus government solutions can help your agency, visit microfocusgov.com. That's microfocusgov.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft, on federalnewsradio.com at 1500 AM. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest is David Ray, the chief technologist at MicroFocus Government Solutions. Now, David, before break, we were talking about this idea of the working capital funds and agencies getting started. And we talked about some quick wins, like around software asset management, reducing the numbers of software that they're paying for. But that brings us down, I think, a good path of, of this idea of cost savings versus cost avoidance. So many times when I hear agencies talk, they really are talking avoidance, not savings. What you're proposing in many ways is saying, no, they need to focus on the savings aspect because then, then they can use the money for other projects that maybe will be further down the road of cost avoidance, but those that savings need to be done up front. Yes, I, I think that serves two purposes when you get started initially. You're going to want to fund the things that are going to help you, one, pay back the money you borrowed, and two, fill your piggy bank full of working capital money that you can use for some of the, the harder to execute uh, initiatives which optimize IT and also reduce uh, co- you know, co- or avoid cost. Things you know, like your predictive analytics tools, some of your uh, security analytics, uh, being able to do some of the business process automation so you can streamline your remediation of security instances. These are all things we desperately need to do. But if you only do those things, you're not going to realize that cost until the out years in which you can then show that you didn't spend the money. Therefore, you can recoup the cost and put it in the working capital fund. So I think there's going to be an initial push to pick projects where you can identify quantifiable savings. And a quantifiable savings is you can kill contract, you can utilize less power, you can eliminate labor or, or eliminate uh, an application or several applications, which then eliminates people, process, labor, and cost. And additionally, in the out years, you're avoiding cost as well. So I do think initially I would be selecting those projects where it's easy to identify the savings. The other thing is, is at least in, in the 20 years I've been involved with the federal government, they're notoriously pretty bad at managing cost. If you're going to try and generate savings, you first have to understand how to manage cost. And that's going to be very difficult for agencies that have always been in this mode of you spend everything you have and, and that money saved was money, is money lost to a mode in which I can now actually, if I save money, I'll have more working capital to spend. So it's, it's, it's actually running IT like a business and it's giving the federal, empowering the federal CIO to be able to do that. So yes, I do think uh, there'll be a hybrid approach there, but initially they're going to get started on on things that generate cost savings quickly. The benchmarking piece, I definitely want to go back to, but before I do that, one of the things you mentioned was the cost avoidance versus cost savings, and, and this focus tends to be on cost avoidance. And we saw that with the OMB guidance too. They talked mm-hmm. a lot about cost avoidance. Do you think that's just because they don't have that baseline? I do think that's part of it. I don't know if OMB and GSA actually realize that agencies don't have the lower level detail of cost management. 
What most agencies do is they flow funds to contracts. They flow funds to programs. They don't actually manage the execution of the project, which is required for you to keep track and to manage where savings will be. So the sense of savings is killing a contract is a way to, to generate some savings. And it's easier to do that when you're looking at your service contracts, your, your software license contracts, your asset management co- contracts initially. But eventually, if you're going to try and save money and avoid cost, you have to start managing activities and how IT is uh, executing work. I mean, there's only three types of work, right? There's planned work, there's work in process, and there's unplanned work. And cost avoidance is eliminating unplanned work, which is death to IT. And that's where most of the, the cost is today. So you eventually want to get there. I just don't think you can start there with if you want to populate your working capital fund for future innovation projects. David, I'm going to put on my cynical reporter's hat for a second. Wait a minute, we have a vendor saying they want to kill contracts? Isn't that bad for you? It certainly is. You know, I, I put on my, my citizen hat when I, when I sit in this booth. I try not to put on my, my, my vendor hat. However, I will say, you know, we, we have some world-class, you know, tools around IT management and efficiencies, including tools that can avoid cost. I just think it's, it's about looking at that IT portfolio and actually focusing on portfolio management and putting some value measurement criteria to, together so you can pick the low-risk, high-value projects and, and get those funded as well as work towards the longer, much-needed IT modernization goals to improving cyber and cybersecurity. Well, I think uh, the agencies will be happy to hear that you wear your citizen hat when you are uh, when we're talking about this stuff, because a lot of times cutting contracts is not a very popular thing. Cutting people is not a very popular thing. And I think you know agencies spend so much money on people and contracts. There's not a lot of well, where do you want me to cut the fat? I think a lot of times it's said, mm-hmm. but but you make a great point that you have to understand where the fat is to, to be able to cut it. And that actually takes us down the path of understanding the value of the IT and, and the cost. So technology, business management, TBM. In fact, uh, just recently I, I did an interview with a former deputy CIO over at GSA who talked a lot about TBM. What are you seeing? Are agencies starting to pull in TBM? They were told last year under the capital planning investment control, but process to use TBM, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough road for a lot of agencies. You know, it's funny. I've seen several agencies that have started, you know, implementing uh, TBM. However, I don't think they have the cost measurements at, the, at a low enough level in the organization to be able to aggregate costs by the Federal Cost Commission's cost categories. So I think that's a little misunderstanding that a lot of agencies have, is that it's really about tracking activities and tracking cost, which requires tracking your, in, in most agencies, the largest piece of that cost is on operational spend. In fact, in most agencies, as everyone knows, it's close to 70% of their IT budget is on operational spend. So when you look at your IT portfolio, the best place to focus on cost savings is on that operational spend initially, not the DME funding or your modernization funding initially, because that's typically a very small amount of the portfolio. So how do you how do you cut back on the operational spend? And that's where you know a lot of the uh, automation orchestration tools and some of the goals that are centered around the data center optimization initiative uh, that you can implement will help avoid you know some of that cost and reduce some of that long term you know operational spend. But you need the cost controls in place. You can't just start aggregating the uh, cost you're spending on contracts and people to get to TBM. It, it's a much harder problem to solve. It's about putting activity-based costing in place and time management in place so you understand what contract what your contractors are working on as well as your, your full-time employees within an agency towards a capability or a goal. 
It's not a very easy thing to do. And I think a lot of agencies see this also as another unfunded mandate, which could be, I think you and I could probably talk a whole different discussion on that. The other related to this, you brought up portfolio and project management several times. I think you believe that the agencies will need to set up something that's a little different type of project and portfolio management than maybe we've seen in the past. That's correct. Most of the project portfolio management tools, and when you mention that in, in, in a federal environment, the conversation immediately moves towards budget formulation and planning and SIPC. Those are not portfolio management tools. A, a true portfolio management tool allows you to optimize your portfolio based on multiple perspectives that, you, that you're looking at, not just financial. And that's truly what is going to be needed for, for IT modernization. And, and aligning it towards your strategic objectives as well as your, your mission objectives, and then being able to explain to the mission how IT is delivering value to the mission, I think is going to become more and more important as you start modernizing IT, especially when you start rationalizing IT. And most of the, the portfolio management tools today can help you do both of those. So they help you select the right projects, but then they can also help you track execution of those projects. So it's helping you select the right things, it's also helping you make sure you're executing those things well. And that's where the project management and the program management section of uh, portfolio management come into play. Most of that is, is being managed through the FAR on contractors today. The agencies themselves aren't typically executing against that. But I think it'll be very different for the working capital fund type projects. You'll have to get into that cost management, into the actual scope, project schedule, earn value to make sure you're on track which um, may not be very popular for people that, that think they can move to Agile, then maybe you'll, you know, I know we talked about that a little bit earlier. As soon as you said, you know, cost schedule performance, I said, oh no, not EVM, earned value management. But you think that that definitely plays a role. It's not just for the waterfall projects as agencies move to Agile, iterative development, DevOps, whatever you're going to call it. EVM still plays a pretty, can still play a very important role. Well, well, well first off, it's federal law. Okay, so you can't ignore ignore the fall, FAR. And, and second all, sec, second, secondly, how you execute a project, your work pattern, is has nothing to do with how you budget and plan for a project. You have to do both in the federal space. So you're going to need a hybrid approach where you allocate money for a work stream, but you may execute that work stream in an agile fashion, which is fine using agile tools, but you still need to manage it as a hybrid project so you can report back on, uh, on the value of the money that is being spent and the, your progress towards the capability, which is very important. And of course, project the progress towards cost savings. You can't do that without cost management. It's simply, simply impossible. Do you get a sense that there's a push against EVM? Have you had that with conversation with agencies where they don't want to use it anymore or they think they don't have to use it? Well, or if, you, it still... if, you, if you talk to any, any, any senior official in an agency, they'll tell you they are doing EVM. And from a practical uh, standpoint, when you look at what they're doing, they're tracking it at a contract level. Which is, which is what you're saying is you have to track it at the project level. You actually have to go to the milestone, to the capability level, if you want to try and manage cost in a timely fashion. Otherwise, you're only managing towards a project as a whole, as a capability as a whole, not the individual iterative capabilities that are required. So it's actually a, a great tool to use when you're rolling something out, uh, especially an agile project, because your, your capability level is defined at a budget level within your hybrid project, but the execution is done in, in a work pattern, which may be many uh, epics or user stories, which are driving towards iterative capability, but it's all driving back towards some budget goal that was in place and established, and you can track on value towards that. David, this has been a fascinating conversation. Unfortunately, we're just about out of time. Before I let you go, what's the takeaway from our conversation? What's the one, two, three things that agencies either should make sure they do as they start looking at the working capital fund? Or what are some maybe typical potholes that you're seeing agencies step into that they need to avoid? 
Sure. The, the first is pick the right projects, and I think we talked about that. And the second is uh, make sure you have governance, risk, and compliance in place. And that's one of the potholes you want to avoid. If you don't have that in place, you may not even get funding for your project to start with, with the Technology Management Board, because they're, they're specifically going to make, make sure that these are well-run initiatives. Excellent. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Let me thank my guest, David Ray, the Chief Technologist at Microfocus Government Solutions. David, thank you so much for the time today. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure being here. You've been listening to the discussion, Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. The entire discussion can be found on demand at Federal News Radio, keyword innovation.